0: Hi, Mamta Map. This is me, Nadia, from zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. We guide cancer patients on adopting an integrative oncological treatment approach. We help them find the balance between medical treatment and complementary treatment approaches. We help patients with a team of oncologists, lab experts, nutritionists, and other healthcare professionals. So the overall outcome of the treatment for the patient is at its best. Right? And as, right. part of this, as part of this awareness, we try to connect cancer warriors and cancer survivors like yourself here today. Connecting them brings, brings together the entire community. Questions are answered. Information is passed. Awareness is spread. And overall motivation and positivity is learned to everyone. Mm-hmm. So today we have Mamta Mam here who is here to share her inspirational journey. I can't wait to hear her myself. I'm pretty sure the viewers out there are waiting to listen to her. Over to you, ma'am. Take it forward from here. Here's your story to tell the world, ma'am.
1: Okay. Uh, So I'm Ampa Goenka. Um, I've had uh, breast cancer three times in my life. Um, My first journey with cancer started in the year 1998. I had just turned 40 at that time. Uh, cancer came to my right breast. I was operated upon at Tata Memorial Hospital. A lumpectomy was done with axillary clearance. Post that, I went through
2: chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Took about six months for the journey to finish. And I was good to go again.
1: Then again in 2001, cancer knocked one more time at my door. This time I had cancer to my left breast and uh, again went through the same process of going through surgery, going through chemotherapy, and
2: going through radiotherapy. During my journey, what I realized was that women in India need a lot of hand-holding. I fortunately came from a very affluent background. So I had
1: access to many things. I had access to the doctors. I had access to
2: other information that I needed. So during in between my first and my second journey, I
1: had kind of decided in my mind that this is what I would like to do once I get better. Because women in our society, I'm talking about 20 years ago,
2: where there was not even Google to search for answers. So they were very ignorant. They
1: didn't know what was happening to them. Even sitting in a cancer hospital like data Hospital, they were ignorant that they have come here for cancer treatment. They would think that they have some lump in their body and the doctor is going to remove it and
2: they'll be good to go. So. I started hand-holding patients right from my own journey.
1: I would talk to my fellow patients as I would wait my turn for chemotherapy and
2: radiotherapy. I could impart what I at least knew at that point in time. So that's how my caregiving to the cancer patients started. Um, Having said that, I have I've gotten treated
1: myself at Tata Hospital all three times. And Tata Hospital is a place where we get patients from across India. And from the remotest villages possible. So these are the patients who really need your help. These are the patients who do not understand things. These are the patients who would want to... They're not... They cannot approach doctors as we can approach them. So so most of the time, you know, their questions are not answered. So these are this is the kind of population strata that comes
2: to Tata. And I decided that this is what I'm going to do if God permits me to do that. Why I say this is because I already had cancer twice. So
1: Not that I'm fearful of the disease, no. But there comes
2: a question mark in your head. So I think God has chosen me to serve. Because in 2017, again, cancer came knocking after 16 years. And
1: it again came to my right breast. Again went through, so this time they did a mastectomy where my entire breast was removed. And since the entire breast was removed, there was no radiation given, but I still went through
2: chemotherapy. And I'm on hormonal treatment right now.
0: So
2: in in these two decades, I have established myself at Tata Hospital. I'm not part of any NGO. I do things in my own capacity. We have other teams. we have like five, six volunteers who do, our, you know, we do our job at Tata.
1: So what we have come up with is post-operative breast cancer sessions.
2: So every patient who gets operated at Tata Memorial Hospital for breast cancer goes home. Can you hear me? Ma'am? Right, ma'am, you were saying? Okay. So, uh, I started my work at Tata Memorial Hospital.
1: So what we do is hold post-operative sessions for breast cancer patients because our patients get operated and they go home the very next day. Unlike private setups where patients are kept for three, four, five days, our patients go home the next day unless there is something majorly wrong with the patient. Or if the patient has gone through some kind of plastic surgery or something, only then they are retained. Otherwise, our patients go home the next day. So when I went home after my surgery, I thought that was enough information. Uh, so, so as I got better and I learned a little more, I realized that we should impart some kind of education to our patients and send them home with a healthy mind. It's very important for the patients to go home with a healthy mind. Uh, So our post-operative sessions are held with the aim of sending our patients home with a healthy mind. So what we do in our sessions is, we give them complete information. They go home with their sutures. They go home with their drain tube attached to them. They need to understand how do they take care of their sutures? How do they take care of the drain tube? So that is the first part of our uh, session, taking care of the drain tube and the sutures. The second part is taking care of the arm. Because I'm sure most of you know that when any breast cancer surgery happens, axilla is also operated upon. And because the axilla is operated upon, the arm really hurts. And there are a lot of do's and don'ts for the arm. Because if the patients do not follow those do's and don'ts, they might get into a condition called lymphedema, which is swelling of the hand. Because that happens because the axillary nodes are removed. And so the lymphatic system is now compromised. So patients need to understand that they need to take care of the affected arm, the operated arm, their lifetime. So second part of our post-operative session mainly talks about arm care. The third part, We teach them arm exercises. It is very important for these patients to start doing their arm exercises the first post-operative day. If you do not lift your hand, if you do not use your hand, start using your hand the first post-operative day. Many patients tend to develop frozen shoulders and those are way more painful than your actual surgery. So we teach them arm exercises. So these are the three main parts that We talk about in terms of medical things that we give out. So before starting our session, like when I'm holding a post-operative session, I try and establish a connect with my patients because we do do this in a group session. So all patients operated the previous day are brought to the physiotherapy department, and we give them a group session because. It's a great amount of psychological healing for the patient. When this patient sees some other woman sitting there who's been through the same surgery, it, get, it motivates her. They motivate each other. And they, they think that, oh, I'm not alone in this boat. So many people are also riding with me. So it's a great amount of psychological healing. In, and that's the reason we do group, group counseling. So if I'm holding a post-operative session, the first 15-20 minutes, I just spend on connecting with my patients because it's very important to connect with them. If I don't connect with them, I could be saying what I want to say and they would not be there. So I need to understand where they're coming from. I need to establish my connect. And I want to tell them that I'm a role model for them. If I could fight this disease, and stand here tall and straight and talk to them today, they definitely can, So it's not the end of the world. It's not, and I I like to emphasize to these patients that this is your diagnosis. It's not a death certificate. This is only a diagnosis. When cancer diagnosis happens, generally people think it's a death certificate. It's a death sentence. It is not a death sentence. It is your diagnosis, right? So we need to instill that hope in them. We need to instill that faith in them that if I could do it, you certainly can. So if I stand there as a role model and talk to them and try and convince them, it helps because I'm not talking up in the air. If they know that this woman has been through this journey, if a a lay person would stand in front of them and say, hey, honey, you know what? I understand. They would not get it they would say, you don't know, because you really don't know. Right? So when I tell them that, yes, I know what chemotherapy is all about, I know what chemotherapy is all about. Right? So for 15, 20 minutes, I try and establish my connect. I try and motivate them. I try and give them a healthy mind. And then I give out all the medical information. And then we also talk about stuff like body images the body image is distorted post-breast cancer surgery, if this patient has gone through mastectomy and she's not gone through a plastic surgery yet. So we do talk about processes. We show them different samples of processes, tell them where they they can procure them, the price range, show them, you know, various bras that can be fitted to them. So we talk about processes. We talk about wigs. We give them numbers of wig makers Because invariably, these patients are going to go through chemotherapy, they're going to lose their hair, and they might want to procure a wig. So we give out information on that. We also give out a lot of handouts. Uh, So whatever we talk, we also give them everything in writing. Because, you know, they would have listened to it, but they might not remember everything. So we give them handouts for them to go home and read everything that we have told them. So this is our post-operative session. Um, very recently at Atta Hospital, we had also started preoperative counseling because, again, we realized that these patients who are going into surgery, again, have no clue. They have no clue as to why am I not taken first for surgery or why is that woman taken first and we both have breast cancer or why would I have to go through mastectomy? Or why did doctor tell me that you know it would be a lumpectomy? to me, and when I woke up, you know, I realized that you know they had done a massive to on me, so we give them behind the scenes of what is going on, so recently we had started that, and because of this covid uh, we had started six months on uh, six months before covid, and the preoperative sessions were also doing very well because we would guide them from the time they entered our hospital, till they meet us again in the post-operative session. So everything that they're going to go through is told to them. So that there's no anxiety in their minds. There's no anxiety in the family member's minds, That's because when we hold these sessions, we also have a caregiver sit there, some family member with the patient. So the patient is not alone. All the information that we give out is given out to the patient and the caregivers. Okay? So the pre-operative sessions, we would try and resume them soon. I don't know how soon we'll be able to do that, but yeah. So the, the, the these are the two types of sessions that we hold at Tata Hospital, and been doing it for good uh, almost two decades now.
0: So, wow. Yeah. Ma'am, I must really applaud you. I, I am really honoured to even be sitting here and talking to someone like no, you. Like, no, it, it. like you just said, you know, it, uh, me on the other side, I haven't gone through breast cancer. So I can only imagine. I can never say I understand. Right? Right. So I can only imagine what you must have gone through and how beautiful it is how beautiful it is to see what you've gone through you've changed it made it something so positive i must really applaud you thank really. you
1: thank you so much
0: really. thank
1: you no it's just that our body has this inherent capacity to heal by itself yes yes marriage people do not realize that people also do not realize you know patients Do not realize that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. There is always light, you know. So you know when if the doctor tells me that, "Mamta, this is your diagnosis and this is your treatment," I'm good, right? But someday, if the doctor tells me that this is your diagnosis and we do not have treatment for you, then I might
2: get jitters. But as long as any disease has treatment for me, I should not be shattered right so I somehow look at this whole game as a mind game it's really a mind game you know
1: you the power of a subconscious mind you know it's so huge so you try and feed what you want to what the outcome you want right Yes. So If you keep feeding, if you keep feeding positivity, if you keep feeding that, oh, I'm okay, I'm going to be okay, there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel, and tough times never last, but tough people do. Then if I keep feeding such positive things in my subconscious mind, the outcome is, the outcome, you can see, the outcome is same as what you have put in your subconscious mind. So I I strongly believe in the power of subconscious mind.
0: That is so true. So well said, ma'am. I, I really, like I said before, it is a huge honor for me. And it Thank is you. it is a great thing what you just said. The power of the subconscious mind. None of us really know that power. Very few people yeah. are able to access that power. It's li- it lies yeah. within all of us, I believe. Yeah. The inner
1: strength is there. You just need to recognize that. Yeah. we just want to give up. We just want to give up. Right. If, we, if we realize the power of our inner strength that God has given
0: us, it is humongous. It is huge. We can heal anything we want. Definitely, ma'am. So coming to your story when it comes to your treatment, ma'am, your chemotherapy. I know you've gone through it three times and even still you you are not afraid. You're this, is, right. my, this is my new beautiful hair. Amazing. <laughs> It's so beautiful, ma'am. Like, it's just so, there's so much of radiation coming through to you, you know? It is just, your face is radiating that positivity and happiness and the way you showed off your hair itself is so beautiful. (laughs) The thing is, when it comes to treatment, ma'am, did you face any hurdles? I know it's a very harsh treatment. It's a very, you've gone through it three times. And as someone who's gone through it so many times, you are at a level where you can say, "Ah, bring it on. Like, let anything come to me. I am ready. <laughs> in a way, you're right. Yes, you know, I'm
1: head on with anything that comes my way. Uh, no hurdles
2: as such in terms of treatment. Yes, chemotherapy is harsh. Chemotherapy is different. But again, if you know that this is your disease and this is your treatment, I mean, you've got to go through it, right? So so you look at it differently. You look at it that this, is, this journey would make me better. The
1: journey of chemotherapy is going to make me better. So if that is your thought process. Chemotherapy, yes, has certain side effects. Some of them are quite bearable, some of them are not. But then chemotherapy, when you're going through chemotherapy, there are drugs to combat your side effects also. It's not like you start throwing up and doctors are like, okay with that. You will be giving anti-vomiting. If, you're, if you have diarrhea, if you have fever, all the side effects are taken care of. So It's not like you suffer for days. You suffer for the initial two, three days and then you're back to normal again. You're ready for your next cycle of chemotherapy. So, so wow. I could I not say that I had
2: faced any hurdles in my treatment. But yes, it is somewhat of a rough path.
0: Yes, ma'am. I, I can understand. And also when it comes to um, your family, how did you disclose this information to them and how did they react?
1: Uh, see, when I first got diagnosed, I had just turned 40, as I said. My
0: mm-hmm.
1: son was nine years old and my daughter was 12. And they weren't that small not to understand anything. And they weren't big enough to understand everything. Right? So right. they were at that mid-age. So I did make them sit down and didn't make them understand that, yes, your mother has cancer. But it is not like in Hindi movies that someone gets cancer and someone dies. So I promise you guys that I'll see you guys grow up. And today, my son is 32 and my daughter is 35. So I did see them grow up, right? I did keep my promise.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. I mean, I didn't want my kids to
1: hear from a third party or hear phone conversations and gather information. I would rather make them sit down and. Make- what has happened to me and just bear with me it's going to be a little tough and I might not be able to cook the best food for you. I might be able to take out
2: school work or something. Bear with me and I'll fail through. Right, ma'am.
0: That is so true. Um, Also, when it comes to... uh, your age, when you got it, you said you got it the second time. What age and what stage was it, second, third time? Like in the order of first, second, fourth?
2: You're talking about the stage of cancer? Yes, yes. Uh, honest to God, I have no idea what the file says. And
1: file could say stage for it doesn't matter to me. Okay. As long as I'm alive and kicking, that's what matters. Yes. I really have never paid attention. To the stage of cancer or the I don't even know what people grade <laughs> of cancer I have I have zero idea on that I don't pay attention those are
2: parameters for those are not meant for me honest to god I have looked into my file to grade over stage on that never
0: Okay, ma'am. Definitely. Like you kept yourself so positive and so away from all, all those information so that you only concentrated on getting better.
1: Yes. Okay. Those are parameters written on the file for our doctors, for our treating doctors. On Those things that decide your alignment. I don't understand that.
0: Why would I put my head into something which I don't understand?
2: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: I yes. Um, If you were to say... Why you, were there any symptoms that caused you to go and get yourself checked up, man?
1: Uh, so actually, uh, before my diagnosis, my sister, my own sister got diagnosed with breast cancer. Unfortunately, she could not complete her journey. So when she got that, I was told to be very vigilant about myself. And that's how... I have self diagnosed my time myself all three times. So this being month of October that is breast cancer awareness month I would like to urge every woman out there who's listening to this
2: please please believe in
1: self breast examination. It is a great tool to self diagnose yourself. It's a great tool. I have self diagnosed myself all three times. Breast self-examination is to be done only once a month. It's not supposed to be done every day. So once a month, you can easily have 10 minutes of your personal time for your own body. Please be vigilant about yourself. Please, Please be very, very breast friendly. That's what I tell women. Please be breast friendly. Because there is no age at which you can get breast cancer. I have seen the youngest patient I have come across at Tata Hospital was an 11-year-old girl, 11-year-old girl. So there's no age. You cannot say, oh, I'm still 30, I'm not going to get breast cancer, or I'm only 40, I'm not going to get breast cancer. So please, every woman out there, I urge them to please do self-press examination. There are several videos on YouTube from which you can learn You can get yourself examined by a good clinician once so that you know what is normal breast tissue for you and then take up breast examination month after month. So if you keep doing it month after month, your hand gets trained to find what you want to find. So, So it's a great, great diagnostic tool. I have used that tool all three times.
0: Right, ma'am. We cannot stress more on the fact of early detection and self-examination. Right. Yeah. This month being breast cancer month, yeah, yes. Early detection is really-
1: the key to successful treatment. You know, Women do not want to examine themselves. Women don't want to go for mammography. They don't want to go for sonography. They think, what if we find something? I'm like, it will be good if you find something. You will be detected early your chances of survival are that much higher. You know, so, so, so I mean, that kind of fear, I don't think is beneficial for anyone.
0: It takes time, ma'am. It takes time to get these things to sink in. Some of us are not, uh, it takes time, I would say.
1: (laughs) It takes time, but then it's your body. You need to understand, you need to be
0: vigilant about your body. If your body is telling you something, listen yes yes that is for sure listen we have to listen a lot of us as women we tend to take care of everybody else we yes. don't tend to and take we, care of we ourselves nor our own selves yes we can yes. do both we can do both yes that is the message we can do both <laughs> yes. coming to my next question ma'am um could you tell us more about your lifestyle before cancer while the treatment was going on after cancer how it changed so before cancer, I was living in the U.S. I
1: had just moved to India a couple of years ago. And um, I just moved to Bombay. And um, in the U.S., I was, my kids were born in the U.S. and I was living a very healthy, peaceful life. Um, came down to India. After two years of coming into India, I got diagnosed with this cancer. And as I said, how cancer has changed my life. Uh, I always wanted to be a medical doctor, but I come from a very orthodox, my body background. I was not allowed to study to be a doctor. And I always wanted to work in the field of medicine. I always wanted that patient connect. I always wanted to serve. So God gave me this chance to serve. He put me in the hospital setup, right? So so he created a little niche for myself. He he is the one who's done this. He's created this niche for me. Uh, having, if I didn't go through breast cancer, I don't think I would have been doing what I'm doing today.
0: Created this niche
1: for me. I always wanted to serve. I always wanted to be in a hospital setup. So I'm fortunate that God gave me breast cancer so that I could serve.
0: Right, ma'am. Oh, that is the that is the way you see it. That is such a beautiful thought. That is such a beautiful way of seeing it. Yeah, yeah. And you've always wanted to be a doctor as well.
2: Yes, I'm not a. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I get to deal with patients.
0: Yes, yes. Um, ma'am, if you were to share your words of wisdom, lessons learned as part of this journey to all our viewers out there, caregivers, patients, survivors, doctors, what would you be saying from your side, ma'am? So first thing I would say is
2: that all, everyone should be very vigilant
1: about themselves. Any signs or symptoms should not be ignored we're not only talking about breast cancer here. we're talking about other cancers as well if there is unexplained weight loss if there is any difficulty in swallowing any lump felt anywhere please go get it checked out it is very very important never miss out on the signals that the body is giving because early diagnosis in any
2: disease is always a battle one so it's very important to be very vigilant about oneself. Second
1: message I would like to give is please don't
2: be fearful of the disease, of any disease.
1: You have that inherent, your body has the inherent capacity to heal. The body, you have that
2: inner strength. Recognize your inner strength. Use your inner strength to heal yourself. Um, It's important that caregivers also, sometimes
1: caregivers have a very high burnout rate. It is very important that caregivers also take care of themselves while they're taking care of the patients. Because I see so many caregivers that they they have a very high burnout rate because they are just caring for the patient and not caring for themselves. So, So for the caregivers, I like to say, please try and, you know, take some time out and look for
2: out for yourself as well. Anything else?
0: Yes, ma'am, definitely. Um, you speak with so much of gratitude, like you found this zeal for life all over again, you know? And uh, would you like to share your thoughts about how you brought about this attitude with, with yourself? I
2: have always been a very easy person. I've always been very I don't get hassled about things in life Um, this is my inherent nature I don't uh, brood over things I don't get hassled
1: about things in my mind I don't get hassled and hassle other people around me so this is an inherent nature that I have so it's nothing to do with my cancer it's just this is how God has made me so I'm happy with that
0: it makes it easier and much more stronger to deal with such a situation, I guess. Yes, definitely. It has always played in uh, your nature, your inherent nature and your character has always played a part in how you went through and got through and became a survivor and where you are right now.
2: Actually,
0: I, I don't call myself a survivor. I think I call myself a conqueror. Oh, wow. A cancer warrior. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Wow. I mean, a three-time cancer warrior, I would say. (laughs) Ma'am, you were telling me you were going for hormone therapy right now. So you still go for your checkups and all that, is that? Uh, So,
1: you know, I give my time to Tata Hospital. So every so often I do get myself checked also. And hormonal therapy is just popping up every day. Hormonal therapy would go on for probably the next five or ten years. So. So yeah, it's just
2: popping a pill every
0: day. So that is the treatment you are under currently, That's right? That's current
2: treatment.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, when was uh, the last time that they told you you were cancer free? I am cancer free. Who yes. can tell you cancer free? Yes. No, I'm just saying as part of the reports from the doctors.
2: 2018.
0: Uh, oh wow! It's been whoa that's amazing ma'am <laughs> that really is amazing and I can imagine by then you would have been at a level where wow this, you can just bring on anything with me <laughs> three times a so third time also you got there and it's amazing thank you so much ma'am thank you so much for talking with us Mamta ma'am yes. it's been such a pleasure for me to be talking to you such an honor like I said before um, my pleasure a lot of people, a lot of queries answered there, a lot of answers have been given out to people. I'm pretty sure our viewers also would have so many confusions must be cleared by now, ma'am. Thank you so much for taking the time and talking to us, ma'am. Thank, Thank you. Have a Thank great you. day ahead. And please keep on inspiring all of us with the work you're doing, with the person that you are. It has been such a pleasure, ma'am. Thank
2: you. Thank
0: you. More power to you, ma'am.
2: Thank
0: Good day. you. Yeah.